Hello and welcome back to the Legendary Chiropractor Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Brent Janogan. This is Season 16, Episode 8. Today we're going to be diving into a couple of topics that I really uh, hold personally um, just cherishable to myself and something I really look to thrive upon, and that's learning how to break patterns. Being able to dive into a pattern, understand why you're in it, where you are, and if you've seen that pattern before, and then how to reflect upon the lessons we've learned, and then move forward, perhaps making a new choice whenever we're presented with that pattern recurring. Then appreciating the journey and diving into gratitude, finding gratitude in that journey, in that uncomfortable state sometimes that we find ourselves in, but ultimately just having the awareness to recognize that pattern and then reaching into it to understand how we can break it and move forward to be better. But before we dive into that, we're going to have a word from our amazing sponsors that allow this podcast to happen. Total Clinic Solutions is your go-to source for purchasing both brand new and refurbished chiropractic equipment, as well as phone support for repairs and maintenance. Call Derek and allow him to combine your wishes and his 23 years of chiropractic equipment expertise to find what's best for you and your patients at 704-622-4089 or head to TotalClinicSolutions.com now. True Cairo, helping chiropractors explode their practices and save more lives by shifting the perception of what they do from neck and low back pain to being about the brain and nervous system, leading to increased retention, more referrals, higher case averages, but most importantly, better patient outcomes for more than just neck and back pain. For more information, Check out the link below, truecairo.org. Again, that's truecairo.org. Hello and welcome back to the Legendary Chiropractor Podcast. So today we're going to be diving into patterns. We're going to be diving into recognition of patterns, how to become aware of patterns, and ultimately how we can move forward once we've recognized that we are aware of a pattern and how we can break that pattern if it does not benefit us or is moving us to become our best version of ourselves. So how do we how do we become aware? How do we recognize what our patterns are? Um, the only real way I, I feel moving forward is to uh, take an introspective perspective, being able to sit down, become silent and recognize the patterns that you're doing, writing them out putting them down on a piece of paper. That's one of the best ways that I do it. Um, being able to, to really monetize how we're moving, like, you know, take stock of what you're good at and what you're not doing so well at that you want to get better at. That's a great way of making a list, putting, putting your pros and your cons on that list and identifying where you're strong. For instance, um, whenever I was a student, I wanted to become better at public speaking. So I started taking public speaking classes. I started doing Toastmasters and I started taking opportunities that were presented on campus through the student body to ultimately allow me to get exposure. And in the um, psychology realm, CBT, cognitive behavior therapy, otherly known as exposure therapy, is a really great way to break yourself out of a habit or pattern that you've created ultimately um, 
whether you've done that before, you've never done it, you failed at it, or you've succeeded at doing something. Um, an example is I was, I was asked to speak in front of my entire school for Green Day whenever I was getting my associates. Uh, I had prepared a speech for my speaking class that I was then nominated through the speaking class to speak and have that exact speech presented at Green Day. It was about repurposed material blacksmithing, uh, something that I was doing at the time. I was passionate about being able to take a leaf spring or a piece of metal and throw it into a heat forge, forge it into a, a craftable, usable tool that could be a knife or a hammer or anything like that. But I thought it was really cool that um, you could take just currently existing things and make them into new usable things. And uh, I had to go through a rigorous process to get prepared to be able to present that speech because I was presenting it to the entire school as a student. And that was a pattern of anxiety that brought a lot of stress in my life that wasn't necessarily stress that was real. And being able to identify that pattern of stress and anxiety that was presented through an experience or something that I was going to experience, I was afraid. I was very afraid of um, looking stupid and getting up there and saying something ultimately that just would make me feel uh, dumb or laughable. But, you know, the beauty and the humility of doing things like that is you're going to mess up. You are human. It is essential for you to mess up so you can learn how to do it better. If we were going to be perfect, we will come out the gate and everyone would be perfect and everyone would be able to do all the things they want to do always. It's not the world we live in. So how do we, how do we push into that? We become aware. Yes, we, we itemize it. We put it on a list. We look at it. Journaling is a really great way to become introspective and to slow down to get your thoughts on paper, to become objective sometimes, or perhaps subjective. What I mean by that is objective is uh, identifying traits, habits, behaviors that perhaps are good or not good for you in your current time of life. So if you have, if your pursuits are to run a 5k and you don't train any cardio whatsoever, what is, what's the measurable outcome that you're going to achieve that 5k and you're going to accomplish that 5k very slim to none. So you have to change your pattern. You have to become aware. And that's the effort process. Principle 17 cause and effects. Uh, you, you have to have an effort. You have to effort in life. Um, principle 15, no motion without the effort of force. We have to have effort to have motion. Universal forces require us to put ourselves into effort and motion so that we may continue to move forward. That's this profession. That's this uh, existence. It's everything we do. Just like an adjustment, you have to move into it, find the ease and effort through to create the change. Um, and you have to do that every day for yourself. You have to do that for yourself for others and for the future version of yourself. If, if you're only practicing half speed and then you expect to play full speed, 
you'll never reach full speed for very long. You have to practice. Uh, as a student, I went to over 65 adjusting seminars, or I should say 65 seminars. Some of those were speaking, some of those were adjusting, some of those were business, some of those were other things such as conferences or camps that ultimately allowed me to come out of them better, more knowledgeable, more capable, or having a better reflective perspective of myself, such as the camps I would attend down in Florida. You would go down for three days and then they would put you through the grinder and you come out a better molded version of yourself, which is not a lot of people are really willing to go that ham or go that hard because that's a really uncomfortable position for a lot of people because you're outside of your comfort zone. Uh, Suki Muku, I talked about this last episode with Dr. Haley Turpin, but Suki Muku was one of my, really the first people that introduced me to the concept of pushing yourself outside of the 10% of your comfort zone. So just step 10% outside of what you currently have and you're going to expand, you're going to grow that growth may not be substantially large because it's only 10% or perhaps 10% could be a lot for you because you're only really living in 1% and you're pushing 10%. So now you're 11%, if that makes sense. Um, being able to understand that, being able to understand how to push yourself into that uncomfortable state, find things that make you uncomfortable. If you're adjusting isn't where you want it to be, then you have to train. It may feel dumb putting a band around your hand and doing band strikes, but you're training the neurological feedback, the firing, the, the efficiency and the speed of the muscles so that they can respond in real time when you have a, an actual person under your hands. Um, being able to talk chiropractic and being able to communicate chiropractic to every type of individual no matter what they do, who they are, how much money they have or they don't, um, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you need to be able to communicate chiropractic efficiently, effectively, and simplistically to every single person on this planet because every person needs to understand the importance and value that chiropractic brings to their life. If that's a struggle for you, then... I highly recommend that you look into the potential capabilities of others that are further ahead in the process or that are effective and are efficient at communicating chiropractic. Take notes, learn from them, seek out tutelage, seek out mentors, be willing to learn from people. As you graduate and you come out into the real world, you know, students, um, the difference between being an independent contractor and being an associate, do you understand the difference between those two things and the difference of the effort that is required of those two different positions? Associate versus IC requires very much different effort depending on the offices that you land in. As you're coming out of school, if you're walking into a pre-existing practice, you need to know how to negotiate terms to determine whether or not you're completely utilizing their space, their equipment, and everything they have, or if you're only going to be using a part of it or a very small section of it, how to negotiate terms to make it where you both are moving forward and winning and one not being taken advantage of, which can be very, very common as we move out of school. 
Patience. How do we show up for our patients? That is a phenomenal question that I asked myself a lot as a student. I wanted to be able to serve my patient, patients. I wanted to be able to give them an experience. I wanted to give them something that was healing, that was powerful, that was chiropractic. That is a personal opinion or perspective that I want to bring to the table. Now, I hope that everyone has that same perspective because ultimately you showing up at the table is part of the process. The work that you've done before you show up is a part of the, the piece of pie. You know, there's, there's a couple of pieces. There's three pieces. There's yourself, there's your patience, and then there's your practice. And as you're building and understanding what area to pour into, are you pouring into yourself too much or are you pouring in for your patients too much and you're sacrificing because you're over giving and you're not filling your own cup? Um, I know several very successful doctors that are have been in practice for a long time that they overgive, and then when people don't necessarily give them back what they're giving, they're upset. Or some just give in the abundance of unconditional love so much so that they burn themselves out in the process because they're not taking time for themselves because they're overgiving and not receiving or they're not giving to themselves. However, giving to the practice, building systems, building proficient procedures that allow you to fill your own cup and fill your patient's cup and fill your CA's cup, making sure everyone is very synergistically communicating and building and growing. That's part of that process. You know, how you're going to show up for your patients, for yourself, for your practice, for your community is all part of the conversation of how uncomfortable are you willing to get? Because if you're, if you're afraid or fearful to start a conversation with a random person, and in today's world and society, I feel like a lot of people very much so like to keep into their personal selves, a personal bubble and not break out of that. I challenge you to break that uncomfortableness that you find when you look to approach and have a conversation with a person. Something I like to tell myself is breaking a person's pattern allows me to be able to have a genuine conversation with them about the truth of their health. And I don't always present that to every single person, but I like to, I like to create a, an intentional narrative that when I'm screening at an event, as I ask people, have they ever had their spine checked or when's the last time they've had their spine checked or what do they know about chiropractic? And I get presented with an, an obstacle or an objection or something. I don't take it personally. I look at it as, did I, did I provide enough value for that person to have curiosity in what I do or did I come across wrong? My intention allows me to create a tone of expression for that person to understand what I'm trying to present to them. If I come at them very salesy, 
hey, you ever just mind checked? Come over here, we're doing a, you know, a special. That sounds, that sounds gross, in my opinion. Uh, better ways to do it, better ways to approach without being off-putting versus having a genuine conversation that's authentic, that expresses concern, it expresses the need for that person to want to take the next step to better, to better themselves, to break a pattern, to get themselves out of that that lull that they were they may be living in and not know it, that depressive state that maybe their diet's leading them to a state of depression. They they just need someone to help them integrate themselves out of it. There's so much out there as you break out of the student to doctor transition. And as you're a doctor, you're able to really influence people's lives um, every single day in every conversation. It, it really is that important that you do the work to get uncomfortable early so you can show up a better version of yourself every single day. And there's integration periods, there's seasonal periods that we will have more growth. And then there's seasons where we'll have more integration. And then there's seasons where we'll go through both. And you have to understand where you are. You have to take a step back and observe and ask yourself, what season am I in? Am I in a season of perpetual growth where it's just constant influx of information? I'm getting just blasted and surged with information and exams and tests and all these different things are happening to me. Or is it, I need to sit back, slow down, pay attention, take notice, create change, set goals and move forward. So it really is how much work and effort are you taking to slow down and spend time recognizing where you are, where you've come from and where you want to go. And then as you build that narrative, you're able to devise a bit of a game plan. And before we dive into that game plan, though, let's hear a word from our amazing sponsors that allow this podcast to happen. Imaging Services' primary business is chiropractic solutions. With over 45 years in the industry of helping chiropractors, Michael Tokash offers free consultations on building your business. In the past year, Imaging Services has installed over 100 x-ray machines and digital x-ray systems in over 42 states across the United States. For more, head to theimagingservices.com. And thank you from our amazing sponsors. So before we dive into goal setting, there's a couple of things I just want to put into your cortex. That is know what you know and know what you don't know. This was something that was told to me many, many years ago whenever I was in the military, in the Marine Corps, and one of my senior staff and CEO told me, uh, he asked me a question. I gave him an answer that I didn't know exactly the, the whole answer. And he told me, he's like, know what you know and know what you don't know, because that makes you more powerful than being someone that knows what they know, but doesn't know what they don't know. I'm going to say that again. Someone that knows what they know, but doesn't know what they don't know. What that means is being able to identify what you don't know, where your limits are. It is okay to have limits. It's We all have them. We have to understand where are we in lacking? 
Where are we in lack? Where do we need to push the envelope? Where do we need to learn more? How well do you know the gastroenterological system? How well do you know the immune system? How well can you identify what a CD4 cell does? Can you go into the individual complex modalities and say, I know in the sequence pathway that this specific cell does this, and if we don't have it or we have a deficiency of it, then we will see XYZ. That is very complex. It takes time. You're not expected to just come out of school and just know that because you were exposed to it. You have to sit down, research it. You have to write it out and you have to understand it. You have to spend time dedicated to it to really put it in our cortex, to put it in there, understand how we can use it, how we can apply it and how it can be applicable to everyday life, to your patients and how it can make their lives better. Now, before we dive into goal setting, boundaries. Everyone has boundaries. What those look like are individually based for the individuals to decide for themselves and what they've built for themselves. What I'm going to talk about is how we perceive or project our own boundaries. If you are just free as a bird, have no real strategy to life, you're just winging it, um, perhaps you are a person that is lacking in boundaries of perhaps routine or making sure goals are specifically taken care of. Now, I don't say that to target anyone. I say that to more so identify just a specific archetype. That was a random thing to come to mind. But with a boundary, how we create those boundaries, how we contextualize those can be very specific based on how we're raised. As you're moving forward, creating a boundary for yourself. If you are struggling with something, we'll use exercise for a perfect example. If you're struggling with your exercise, then you need to start asking yourself questions on why you're struggling. Is it that you're not creating time for it? Is it that you're not looking forward to the amount of efforts required? Um, do you have a specific goal that you're shooting to accomplish? And as we understand how these boundaries are established and set up for ourselves, we'll be able to identify what type of goals we've set for ourselves. If one of your goals is to be a phenomenal adjuster. I would assume you spend a lot of time studying the physiology, perhaps going to outside cadaver class courses or going to extra study material courses or diving into a green book or diving into a book to identify the material that you don't know and you want to become more of a subject matter expert on that specific material. How you do that is you you expose yourself to it. You have to get out there and you have to do stuff. You have to get the experience. If you want to be a great doc, you have to spend time doing things that great docs do. Studying, routine setting, time management, training, 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 training. I cannot emphasize training. It is utterly crucial that you train and you practice and you figure out where your weaknesses are and that's how you're going to start breaking your boundaries. You're going to start, or excuse me, breaking your, your habits, your patterns. You're going to start finding that you have 
habits that are limiting, that are self-limiting, that limit others, and they do not serve you or anyone around you. And the best way to come across that is to start setting goals, getting uncomfortable, figuring out where your boundaries are, and if those boundaries are beneficial for you, and if they're not. And if they're not, it's okay to let those down and to move into that uncomfortable space and learn how to be more comfortable in your own body. So my intention of this podcast was to give you some action steps as well as perspective and to allow you to move forward with a better perspective on how you can break these patterns. And we're going to dive into that now. But just know you are enough. You are more than enough. And as you're moving forward, no matter where you are on your path, you are enough. You always have been enough. You always will be enough. I hope that being enough makes you more ambitious. I hope that you aspire to be more than enough. I hope that the challenge presented to just be enough, it makes you more hungry to want to be more than enough. And we're going to talk about a couple of things that are beneficial, that are great action steps that help with routine, with awareness, with breaking patterns, and ultimately just discovering more of yourself and how to be a better version, but also moving forward from where you are, no matter where you are, like what, whatever, whatever that looks like. If you're a student or a doctor with 20, 30 years in practice, we can always become better versions. We can always find ways to be better and to make the world a better place. So some of those are routines. We'll start there. Routines are utterly crucial to your management, your time management, and the results that you produce. There was a saying that was told to me a long time ago. uh, If you don't plan your life, life will plan it for you. And that's so true because as I was, I've never been a planner. In school, I got a planner and I sat down and started planning my, my schedule, my days, my weeks, my months, my quarters, then my years. And when you have everything written down and planned out, there's this stress that leaves you because you, you've sat down and you've got all that information out of your head. You've put it in a piece of paper and you've, you've bound it to a timeline that can be changed, but ultimately it doesn't have to be sitting in your brain, just randomly waiting to be used. You have it written down and you're able to utilize it, look at it, and refer to it when you need to. And that's the second thing. If you don't have a planner, I highly suggest you get a planner. As a student moving into becoming a doctor, I live off of a scheduled planner. I have everything planned out for as far as I can move it out to almost for everything I do. And that's because... You can't wing it once you're out and you're actually in practice. There's no more winging it like being a student. You can kind of move through and and make it through the process and the program that doesn't work in practice. So nip that in the butt 
Become aware of that pattern if you have it. Nip it in the butt and get it out of your cortex and out of your programming now. Meal prep. If you don't meal prep, you're doing life wrong. Food is delicious. You need to make sure you're cooking healthy, nutritious food for yourself. You're not eating processed foods. You're out there doing things that are good for you, like exercise, hiking, getting lots of nature, lots of vitamin D. And now with something else, getting out in the morning, the first three hours of the morning, you should expose yourself to light. It raises your cortisol. It helps you fight uh, mental focus and fatigue later on in the day. You won't have that midday fatigue as much as if you get early morning sunlight. Then learning, just reading a book. I can't tell you how often I have a book in my hand. Read a book, learn something, get out there, expose yourself to more information that's that you are looking for. There's so much free information out there today that has we've never had this before in, in our in history of humanity. The free information that's available, if you are not reading green books, if you're not reading books at least weekly, monthly, I implore you, read everything you can all the time. Now, I talked about this with Dr. Callie Corbin. Screening events. Not everyone likes screening events. And that's okay. Screening events aren't for everyone. I will tell you, having done multiple screening events, that it does develop character. It is uncomfortable. You will get told no. Your fear of rejection will be triggered. And by the end of the day, you will have a better understanding of your ability to communicate to people and how you communicate to people. I would absolutely recommend, no matter where you are in your practice, student, doctor, veteran doctor, a screening event is beneficial because it pushes you outside of your comfort zone. It allows you to connect to your community and it gets exposure for you, your office, and as well as your community to you, which ultimately, talking about boundaries, allows you to be able to engage people and expose them to what you know, ultimately benefiting their lives and presumably their health. Moving on to the next action step. Make a list. If you don't have list of things, how do you know what you need? If you go to the grocery store, you don't just walk around the grocery store aimlessly. You make a list, you go get what you need and you go home. Otherwise you spend way too much money. That's how they get you. Everything in life works the same way. Make a list. If you need to clean your room, make a list starting from one corner, moving to the other side of the room. Everything needs to get done and then move down that list and clean it off. Knock it off one thing at a time. Don't overwhelm yourself. Remember, getting things out of your head and getting them on paper allow you to objectively identify what you need to accomplish. Drinking clean water. This is something ewg.com or ewg.gov, I believe, is a website that we can use. You can use, I believe, anywhere in the United States, continental United States. Uh, you can go and you can check your quality of water. I personally use reverse osmosis and Berkey water, but I use clean uh, purified water or filtered water that I know does not have a bunch of contaminants and other things inside of it. 
most drinking water out of the tap uh, is uh, toxic. Oh, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. And that's something else, minimizing your toxins. We want to minimize our toxins in our environment. So the deodorants we're using, we want to make sure they don't have aluminum or uh, any of the nasty stuff in them. Uh, our soaps, our deodorants, our shampoos, uh, the dryer sheets. Dryer sheets, I believe, ha are loaded with estrogens. Uh, I'll find the research article and post it. But I found this research article talking about uh, dryer sheets loaded with estrogens. And so we're washing our clothes in these estrogens and it's causing different types of hormonal changes in our skin because our skin is a giant organ that's topographically um, absorbing things at all time. But to finish this list off, Dr. Haley and I talked about it last episode. Breath work, breathing, the only thing that we're ever born with and the only thing that we will die with is our breath. It is what keeps us alive and gives us our functioning life. Without our breath, we cannot live. So learning how to stay in your breath, learning how to understand where your breath is, and if there is a lack or dissonance inside you, being able to identify and bring awareness and spotlight those areas inside of us as part of the journey in or internal or inside of us into that hero's journey. Journaling is always going to be phenomenal. I'm a huge fan of journaling, getting information out, being able to look at it, um, just putting pen to paper. It is a very creative, very um, just beneficial practice that I highly recommend everyone at least try to start. It can be hard for certain people. There are seasons, of course, that some people are better painting or drawing or doing something creative. Journaling is considered to be one of those creative arts by putting pen to paper. Uh, if you find yourself struggling with journaling, use narratives or prompts to elicit initiative into doing the journaling. Yoga, moving your body. If you do not move your body, then uh, your body stops working. You don't use it, you lose it, people. It is simple. Motion is life or movement is life. Uh, if we don't stop, if we stop moving, then we're going to grow roots and we're not going to have much of a life anymore. So keep that body moving, stay mobile, stay functional, stay in your breath. All right, <clears throat> moving on to the end of our list. This is a, a takeaway from David Goggins. Whenever I was running half marathons, he talked about he would get up every single day and he would do something that would challenge him either physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually. So I am now passing that challenge on to you to challenge yourself one time a day to force yourself to get uncomfortable, either physically, emotionally, spiritually. Just expose yourself to something that's going to cause you to grow. It will show up in your life in profound ways. It has in mind, and uh, I enjoy it. I've gotten to the point that I enjoy the effort that I get to put forward every day because uh, tomorrow's a new day, and I'm looking forward to what I can do in that day. So I hope that you're also feeling that way, looking forward to the next day, waking up grateful for the opportunity to be on this journey, to become aware to understand what patterns are in play and what patterns that are either 
initiating or closing. And to finish off this conversation, I want to talk about limbic friction. Dr. Andrew Huberman from the Huberman Lab talks about limbic friction. This is something that I've taken on and I really enjoy. And I think that this is a great way to close this podcast as limbic friction is that friction we find mentally when we are looking to do something that makes us uncomfortable. If you are struggling to get into an ice bath and you find that you've you've met this internal resistance that is telling you don't get in the water. You don't want to do that. You know it's going to be painful. You know it's going to be cold. To overcome that said limbic friction, you have to get into the water. Same thing with breath work or meditation. You sit down to do meditation and this is, you get the, the commentary, right? This is dumb. Why are we doing this? What, what are we doing? What are we even doing here? How is this helping? All the stories and all the, the narratives perhaps are coming in. And that's the limbic friction. After we settle, we move past that stage. We, we reach the other end. We don't have the friction anymore. If anything, it's pulling us into it. It, we're, we're wanting more because we know that it's benefiting us. It's, it's something that's causing us to grow and change and adapt. And that's, that's the importance of this conversation. Adaptation. How well are you adapting? How well are you allowing yourself to adapt? And is your environment forcing you to adapt? And are you? It's a great question. you're not adapting then perhaps you're stuck in pattern perhaps it's time to become more aware to make decisions and choices that are going to ultimately benefit you and allow you to be a better version of yourself i hope that this this podcast has been beneficial i hope that you really take away from this conversation that you are on the right path You are enough. I hope that you find gratitude in your journey. And no matter what that journey looks like, it's yours. Whatever patterns you have, they can always be broken or made better. I hope this podcast finds you well, finds you in good health. And as always, light and love from the Legendary Chiropractic Podcast. See you next time.